This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. (laughs) And we are incredibly sober. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) That's my fault. But (laughs) she's taking one for the team. Mm Mm-hmm. Happy hump day, guys. <laughs> yes. So, it's episode 31. Yeah. Topic prisons. Is prisons. Yes. So, um, our hump day treat this week <laughs> is... Boy, we are sticking to the themes. We are nailing this. We are dedicated, We y'all. love a good theme. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, it's not your traditional hump day treat. Nope. This week, we decided to be... Um, True to our subject. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. And we eating some prison food, y'all. <laughs> so. But we, we got, both also used to eat them as kids. So. Yeah, so there's some hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, we did a little recon <laughs> and found out some of the, uh, most served jail slash prison food. We've got bologna and craft singles on white bread. Yeah. <laughs> Plain yeah. Lay's potato chips. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to make Kool-Aid. I wasn't making Kool-Aid. So Capri Suns. Yep. That works. Yeah, it does. So. So there, there you go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> happy hump day. Yup. I almost said happy humping. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Do as you uh, wish. Yeah. <laughs> we can't see what you're doing, so have at it. It's none of our business. Nope. Uh, <laughs> don't die on me. It's because I ate them fucking chips. <laughs> I swallowed like chip crumb. And um, the bologna sandwiches are, um, I don't know. It, it's not like I had to have it. When I tasted it, but it wasn't bad. But it's not bad. It oh, it and I bought still the good sticks shit to too. the roof of your mouth. Oh yeah, she got the Oscar Meyer. Yeah, my Maloney has a first name. <laughs> it's O S C A R. I don't know why. I wish I were an Oscar Meyer reader. <laughs> Stone sober. Stone sober. <laughs> oh, but that's okay. I get to have my surgery tomorrow. Yep. It's on. Yes. Getting rid of the stupid kidney stone finally. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Ta-ta. Yeah. Babbage. <laughs> Don't go back. So if you want to see pictures of our um, delicious hump day treat... <laughs> And I may even post the picture of my grocery basket that I sent to Amanda. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. I got some that was at the cute. grocery store. It's fine. <laughs> um, but if you want to see um, these pictures, pictures of our cases and other shenanigans, mm-hmm. then follow us on Facebook. Many, and Instagram. many shenanigans. There's shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Sober. <laughs> Sober. Sorry. 
have things to say, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, do you have bread stuck to the roof of your mouth? Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's like in my teeth. Mm-hmm. This is great. So if um, <laughs> if pronunciation gets a little <laughs> off, I apologize. Just bear with us. I mean, y'all know we can't talk anyways. Mm-mm. On a good day. So, but I'm really excited for Brittany's case because she is so freaking excited as well. I'm so, she hasn't I'm so been excited. this like pumped in, I don't know. I don't think I've been this excited. Or since like since the first John season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was my last Uber excitement, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready because I, I know I've heard of it. I know where it's at, but I don't know all the stuff. And you said you found good stuff. So I was like, mm-hmm. I can't wait. Y'all. Yes. I don't hate the bologna sandwich. See? I'm over here chowing the fuck down. I, I don't know. hate the bologna. Let's not talk about what's in the bologna. Nope. But I don't We're hate. We're not going to think about it. I don't hate this sandwich. It is stuck all in my motherfucking teeth. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't hate it. So before I get started on mine, I want to give a shout out mm. to the listener that suggested it. My brother's girlfriend, Allison, suggested this prison to me. I had another one all picked out. Yeah, you did. And she brought this up and I was like, you know what? Let me go. Let me let me do a deep dive into something I don't know that much about. So, Allison's from West Virginia. My family's from West Virginia. And this Lucky. prison is in West Virginia. All the good stuff. Apparently, West Virginia is like a West spooky Virginia. capital. So, thank you, Allison. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about this because I was telling my husband it has everything. It has history. And it has paranormal. Ooh. And it has murder. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So do you want to know what it is? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I'm doing the Moundsville State Penitentiary. Yes. Established in 1866, the West Virginia State Penitentiary, or Moundsville State Penitentiary, hmm. housed prisoners until 1995. Ooh. So let's go ahead, pop on over to the notes. Yes. Look at the picture that says Moundsville. Oh. And look at how gorgeous it is. Hey. Um, it's something down. It's a beauty. It is a haunted, haunted beauty. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like a castle. I know. <gasps> I love it. The, mm-hmm. That gothic construction. Mm-hmm. Mm. Speaking my language. Mm-hmm. The prison opened its doors in 1866, but was under constant additions and renovations until 1908. Wow. Yeah. It was built to house a maximum of 480 inmates. The ideals of the prison were to rehabilitate inmates and even give them trades and skills to use in society upon their release. Mm -hmm. Prisoners would be put to work on the grounds of the facility and even released to the public under watchful eye to accomplish yard work and construction projects in the area. I'm sorry, but no thank you, please. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want inmates mowing my yard. (laughs) However, as the prison began to take in more violent and dangerous criminals, these activities became obsolete. Instead of rehabilitating prisoners, the penitentiary began implementing punishment techniques to, quote, teach them lessons. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. 
Throughout its history, the West Virginia State Penitentiary has seen its share of violence and death. The amount of inhumane treatment and dangerous living situations actually led to the prison being named one of the top 10 most violent correctional facilities by the U.S. Department of Justice. Oh, great. Yeah. The prison (laughs) is probably as close to the cliche of, quote, prisoners running the asylum as you can get. Oh, The numerous gang affiliations and normal trade and barter systems were common, and not just with the prisoners, but the guards as well. Of course. Yeah. Gotta have them crooked guards. Mm -hmm. Riots and breakouts would be nothing new for a prisoner's or guard's life at the prison. I'm so in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did I get your attention? You did. It's hard to imagine a prison being as old as a state, but this is the case with the West Virginia State Penitentiary. As soon as Virginia seceded from the United States in 1863 at the onset of the Civil War, West Virginia in turn seceded from Virginia to stay neutral in the national conflict. One of the first decisions of the state of West Virginia was to create a prison for the existing prisoners of the state. The government did not want to establish a prison in the original state capital of Wheeling, so instead they began construction in the nearby small town of Moundsville. Nice. Yeah. The building was divided into four separate sections. North Hall, a.k.a. the Alamo, (laughs) where the men whose behavior on the inside earned them 22 to 24 hours per day in a 5 by 7 foot cell. Oh my God. I have a picture of the inside of the cell. Okay. So click on the picture that says inside cell. Oh, ooh. I know. It looks gross now. That's, yeah. that's a now picture, but I'm sure it was pretty gross then too. But that's small. Yeah. Your bed and your toilet are neighbors. We all know how much I hate that. <sighs> oh, oh. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Fritz Frank. Harmon. Fr- uh, Fritz. Yeah. Fucking Fritz. I listened to that episode today. It all goes back to Fritz. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> so gross. It's so gross. I can't. Imagine eating your bologna <laughs> in your bathroom. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> this treatment was based on the inmates' actions on the inside of the prison walls. These were typically the more dangerous criminals who had no morals. <laughs> criminals <laughs> with no morals, who to thunk? And committed even more crimes behind bars than out in society. Because you know there are those people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For a lack of a better description, the guards just didn't know what else to do with them. Yeah, see, those are the ones you need to be friends with, though. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, it is. When you're on the inside, you do what you gotta do. (laughs) How do you know about the inside? Have you been watching Orange is the New Black? (laughs) Actually, no. Is that what you learned about the inside? (laughs) Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) I spent a whole four hours in a cell for not paying parking tickets. (laughs) No, uh, speeding tickets. She's a hardened criminal, guys. Yeah. Hardened criminal. Yeah. I made friends (laughs) with a bunch of girls. It was great. I'm prison Mike. I cannot. I'm learning so much stuff today. I just can't. Okay. So the next section of the prison, New Wall, which contained the main line or general population, Gin Pop for you hardened criminals, was the main holding area for inmates stretching from petty crimes to the more well-behaved hardened criminals. This area stacked cell upon cell, reaching all the way to the ceiling 
but also allowed the inmates outdoor time and socializing occasions. Okay. So I have a picture of cells on top of cells. Yeah. So go to the one that says cells. (laughs) (laughs) The names are quite literal this week. I like it. Oh. It, It looks like an old prison. Yeah. Looks like that prison from Walking Dead. <laughs> a little bit. Right? Doesn't it? It's not the prison from Walking Dead, though. I know, but it, that's just what it reminds me of. <laughs> so, the next part. Mm. Rat Row. <laughs> Did I interrupt your swallow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For those who had testified against others and needed special protection. Oh, I get it now. Uh (laughs) Okay. And the last one, Honor Hall, for the so-called trustees who had earned special privileges and decreased security. Prisoners were given this extra treatment due to their good behavior while they were locked up. That'd be me. Oh, my God. (laughs) You wouldn't make it, boo-boo. You would not make it. No, because that would be the role I'd have to play. (laughs) You would not make it. She would, she would not last a full day. She may have lasted four hours. Yeah. She wouldn't last a full day. <laughs> Dude, it was. Someone would be mean to her. And then she'd be afraid they weren't friends anymore. <laughs> and then she would cry about it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't cry about it. I'd end up getting my ass kicked for my bad attitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got that RBF, babe. <laughs> Can't help it. It's strong. I don't know. We'll just go in together. I'll be like, we're together. <laughs> You're I'm, trying to get I'm both her, our asses I'm her kids. bitch. Leave, leave us alone. Chill, nasty Nate. It's my bitch. I'm somebody's bitch. <laughs> I can't. Let's just don't go to prison. No. <laughs> okay. In addition to construction, the inmates had other jobs to do in support of the prison. In the early 1900s, some industries within the prison walls included a carpentry shop, a paint shop, a wagon shop, a stone yard, a brickyard, a blacksmith, a tailor, a bakery, and a hospital. At the same time, hmm. revenue from the prison farm and inmate labor helped the prison financially. It was virtually self-sufficient. I have a picture of the grounds today, just so you can see how big it is. But yeah. I don't, I don't have an old picture of the grounds. That's okay. So go look at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah. That's what she said. Pretty big area. Wow. Okay. So they had plenty of room for all that junk. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> okay. A prison coal mine located a mile away opened in 1921. <laughs> This mine helped fill some of the prison's energy needs and save the state an estimated $14,000 a year. Uh, okay. Yeah. Some inmates were allowed to stay at the mine's camp under the supervision of a mine foreman who was not a prison employee. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no. That's not okay. No, guys. No. Conditions at the prison during the turn of the 20th century were good, according to a warden's report. Which stated that, quote, both the quantity and the quality of all the purchases of material, food, and clothing have been very gradually but steadily improved, while the discipline has become more nearly perfect and the exaction of labor less stringent, end quote. 
nearly perfect. It's a prison, bro. Come on. But anyway, things were going good. I mean, that's good, but... <laughs> Education was a priority for the inmates during this time. They regularly attended class. Cool. Construction of a school and a library was completed in 1900 to help reform and educate inmates. I like that. But it didn't stay that way. I have a... Yeah, I, I kind of had a feeling there was a... Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Over time, the prison became overcrowded, and the state did not have the funding or the land to expand the prison. Mm. By the 1950s, it was recorded that there were up to three prisoners housed in the 5 by 7 cells. No! Yeah. With each cell only holding two bunks, this led to the third man sleeping on the cold concrete floor. Bruh. I was just about to ask where they sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's where. Oh, <laughs> This sparked more violence and even numerous riots. I'm sure. To keep the inmates under control, the guards sometimes used torture devices. And mm. this went pretty far. One of the devices was called the shoe fly. Oh, the hands, okay. feet, and head of the inmate were restrained in this device, and ice-cold water would be sprayed hard in their face. No. It was impossible to turn your face away because mm -hmm. you were strapped down. Oh, my God. No. Even worse was Kicking Jenny. Kicking Jenny was invented and built in the prison. An inmate would be bound to the device and was almost beaten to death by the whip. Holy shit. I know. Then on New Year's Day in 1986, the largest scale riot occurred and even... Relied on the West Virginia governor to step in and negotiate. Oh, wow. Security had become extremely loose in all areas. Since it was now a cons prison, Yo. most of the locks on the cells had been picked and inmates roamed the halls freely. Oh, hell no. Get me out of here. No, no. <laughs> right? I quit. Bad plumbing and insects caused Ugh. rapid spreading of various diseases. The oh. prison was holding more than 2,000 men. If you remember in the beginning, I said it was built to house... 480 men. Yeah. Oh, my God. Another major contribution to the riot's cause was the fact that it was a holiday. Many of the officers had called off work, and prisoners planned to conduct the uprising on this day because of that. Well, duh. Yeah. At around 5.30 p.m., a group called the Avengers, which is a <laughs> motorcycle gang, <clears throat> stormed the mess hall. The riot really hinged on a broken sewage pipe under the cafeteria, which prevented the prisoners from eating food in there and having guests to visit. So that's what really... Oh, I'd be pissed, too. That's why they were rioting. That's what really set it off. Yeah, you don't mess with my food. I, I become a really angry... <laughs> don't mess with your baloney. Avenger as well. <laughs> <laughs> you would hang with the Avengers, the biker gang? No. But if I was hungry enough... I... <laughs> if you were hungry enough... During the riot, the hostages, in the form of guards and kitchen employees, ultimately went unharmed, but the prisoners ended up murdering three of their peers, who they deemed to be rats. Hmm. Governor Arch A. Moore Jr. went to the penitentiary to talk with the inmates. This meeting set up a new list of rules and standards on which the prison would build. The negotiations included the construction of a new cafeteria and visiting area, as well as better living conditions. Amen. Following the riot, the state stepped in and deemed the living conditions cruel and unusual punishment and inhumane. 
The five by seven cells were reduced to hold one inmate rather than the three that they were currently holding, which is what they were meant to do in the first place. Right. Nearby Mount Olive Prison took on many prisoners after this decision by the state. So they just moved some people out. Well, why couldn't they just do that? So they're going to overcrowd Mount Olive instead. (laughs) During its 129 years in operation, the West Virginia Penitentiary would account for nearly a thousand deaths. Over the years, 93 men were executed there for their crimes. Wow. The executions were done mostly by hanging, which were open to the public. I have a picture of the gallows. (gasps) It says gallows. Oh, shit. That's not what I expected. That's the underside where the part, you know, where the door opens and that's (gasps) where the person falls. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know. Spooky. Yeah. A criminal named Bud Peterson was convicted of murder and sent to the gallows in 1949. He was the last hanged inmate at West Virginia Penitentiary. His botched hanging led to him being decapitated, (gasps) leaving the audience shocked and disgusted. From then on, all executions were by (sighs) invitation only, which meant the man's family, the family of the victim or victims, Media, clergy, and a coroner were the only people that could be there after that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. His his body weight just <sighs> pop. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's not okay. No. <laughs> Y'all I'm shouldn't speechless. be watching that shit in I'm the first sp- place. I mean, that's what they came there for. They, they shouldn't be watching it. that shit in the first place. <laughs> when West Virginia reinstated capital punishment in 1951, a prisoner, Paul Glenn, was commissioned to build the penitentiary's electric electric chair, Old Sparky. It's electric. <laughs> <laughs> She's dancing. Electric slide song stuck in my head. She's dancing. Sober. (laughs) That's not even a good song. (laughs) It's not a good song. No, but that's what popped into my head when you said electric. But I have a picture of Old Sparky. Yeah, sorry. Go look at him. I'm going. Is is it not like ridiculously fucked up to have the a prisoner build? The electric chair? That's fucked up, right? That's, that's a whole new level of that's fucked up. Okay. Oh, my God. So that's the actual chair, That's huh? the actual chair. Oh, my God. Up until 1965, when West Virginia formally made death sentences illegal, the electric chair was responsible for the deaths of nine inmates. Old Sparky is still on display at the prison to this day. I wouldn't go near it. I ain't touching it. Nope. You don't have to touch it, but we going in there. Yeah, that's fine. Man. I want to look at it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You don't have to touch it, though. <laughs> no, 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 touch it. <laughs> I might touch it. Of course you would. I'm going to touch the butt. <laughs> he touched the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from deaths due to convictions, the inmates themselves were responsible for murders and suicides. Stabbings and beatings were common, especially when the rats and informants had run-ins with the general population. Yeah. There were a recorded 36 deaths of inmates at the hands of their peers. The most popular area for these homicides was in the infamous sugar shack in the basement of the prison. I got a picture of the basement. I'd be dead. It says basement. (laughs) That is creepy as hell looking. I know. Is that a body? We're go- no, it's not a fucking body. 
<laughs> We're going down there too. Okay. I'm sorry, I see something wrapped up in a black bag. <laughs> Not everybody stores their bodies the same way you do. <laughs> I have a closet. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's where your black bag is propped. <laughs> It's only because you don't have a basement. Right? <laughs> Working with what I got. Okay. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. The sugar shack was originally designated to help give inmates a place to gather when the weather was not favorable for outdoor recreation. Essentially, it was an indoor prison yard. It was set aside and isolated from the majority of the guard stations. Stupid. Mm-hmm. This location was known for gambling, raping, beatings, and murders. <laughs> it sounds like, like a why great would you place. Go, even go to the sugar shack? I, I don't know. Yeah, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the more popular stories of murder in the West Virginia State Penitentiary is the death of R. D. Wall, taking place in the sugar shack. Wall was a prisoner informant, and his peers had enough of his rat antics. Oops. Three prisoners jumped him while he was en route to the boiler area. They stabbed and slashed him with dulled shanks, leaving him in pieces and unrecognizable. Oh, oh, that's bad. I'm going to tell you about the first spookies. Shadows can be seen lurking around corners and voices echo throughout the activity area. R.D. Wall has been said to roam this area, lost ever since his murder. Arguments and bickering are reported from the area when the staff are alone in the building, while other times whispers can be heard from the distance, but the origin cannot be pinpointed. Oh, shit. Wait, and this is where? In the basement. Cold spots are common, and the area itself is said to just emit heavy, a heavy feeling and dark energy. Oh, good. Yep. I mean... I'd haunt the bitch, too. Yeah, they have every right to. Mm-hmm. I'd be pissed. A range of unusual stories are associated with this facility. For one, Charles Manson once petitioned to be relocated there. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> he actually requested a transfer to the West Virginia State Penitentiary due to its supposedly haunted nature and proximity to his family. I mean, I get it. The request was denied. His handwritten letter remains on display in the execution area. So, if you go to the notes, I have just a little clip of the letter. It's hard to read it. His handwriting sucks ass. Lots of his things suck ass. But that's just a portion of it. It's a long letter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, y'all can try to decipher that on your own time. Dear sir. Yeah. That's all I got. That's as far as we need to get. (laughs) (laughs) Gangs such as the Aryan Brotherhood and Avengers were housed in the prison and led to many deaths and beatings. These gangs had ways to pay off guards to get their way and even managed to run certain aspects of the prison, like who the inmates who crossed the line had to answer to. Okay. Another notorious story is that of the Aryan Brotherhood leader, William Red Snyder. Mm. After a guard supposedly forgot to lock... Red cell door. Another Aryan Brotherhood member, Rusty Lassiter's door was unlocked. Rusty Uh-oh. charged into Red's cell with a sharpened metal shiv taken from his bed frame. Oh, crap. He stabbed Red 37 times, leaving him to choke to death on his own blood. Oh. Rumors swirled, and it was said that the next in line to lead the Aryan Brotherhood, Elijah Sutton, commanded Rusty Lassiter to murder Red. Oh, sneaky. I know. 
Elijah was convinced that Red was a rat and an informant, which led to numerous inmates getting severe punishment and death penalties. Oh, shit. Okay, spooky for this section. Okay. Red has been heard whispering through his bars to anyone who passes by. EVP will pick up Red's voice when investigators enter his cell. When these recordings are played back, his language is foul. Sure. He's the leader of a biker gang and was murdered in prison. I get it. Yeah. He has been known to push and shove visitors when they stay too long in his former home. So he doesn't so much like the people. Okay. I'm I'm not going in there, but I'll walk by it. (laughs) So he can whisper in your ear? Yeah. Hey there, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. (laughs) Tell me something that I might like to hear, Mm -hmm. you know? You never know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got foul language. I like it. (laughs) In 1992, three men managed to tunnel out via the greenhouse in the prison yard. By this point, the state began to formally decommission the prison. Oh. It held 653 prisoners and was only guarded by 32 staffed employees. Oh, shit. By 1995, the West Virginia State Penitentiary officially closed its doors for good. Well. This place has its fair share of ghost stories. Hauntings actually were reported while the prison was still in operation. Guards and inmates alike reported strange noises and shadows throughout the grounds. There were actually a few recorded occurrences of guards sounding the alarm, claiming that they saw men in shackles and prison attire wandering the area right outside of the fenced prison yard. Oh, they got out. However, after thorough searches and all of the inmates accounted for, these reports were just called false alarms. This happened 12 times during the 1930s. Gosh. After these false alarms, guards would actually be stationed outside the prison yard just in case. No, uh Nope. <laughs> <laughs> While on duty, guards had reported hearing footsteps following close behind them. But when they attempted to apprehend the mischievous inmate, there was no one to be found. Visitors have reported seeing the Shadow Man, a staticky silhouette that roams the grounds in addition to the others. I have a picture of the Shadow Man. Yeah? 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 It says Shadow Man. (gasps) And I saw this same picture in multiple places. And it doesn't look like a person. No. Ooh. And God, I should have wrote it down. I don't remember. Like, I, it this does came, look like a legit shadow. Like, it. I think this was a Ghost Adventures. Mm-hmm. It was one of those shows. Okay. But I'm pretty. Fuck. I need to go back and look. But I think it was a Ghost Adventures. It's real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> we posted it. It's real. If I post it, it's real. Damn it. Ugh. North Hall and the New Wall were the tight-quartered homes of the majority of the prisoners. Among the stereotypical ghostly noises, such as whispers and chattering of the loose cell doors, there lurks the shadow man in this spot. This shadowy figure prowls the empty cells and hallways of this long-abandoned cell block. The shadow man does not have any distinguishable features, This shadow is also very tall and has been seen crawling on ceilings and down the bars of the cells themselves. Fuck you. I don't like the crawling. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nope. It's not okay. Nope. Mm -mm. There is no identity known to this entity, but the common theories revolve around this being a previous guard who was murdered in the prison 
and has returned to keep the prison in check in the afterlife. Mm. Another theory states that this shadow figure is an old inmate who was actually innocent and is still trying to find his way out of the West Virginia State Penitentiary, even after his death. Okay. I I'm, think it's something else. I think it's something completely different. Ghosts don't crawl on ceilings. Demonic. Y- yeah. Mm-hmm. That may be the thing that started all of it, and he's just keeping tabs yep. on stuff. And I've I've got some more stuff in store for you down down the ways a little bit. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it's either one of those theories, but those were common stories mm-hmm. I found. Yeah, I'm going to call bullshit. Yeah. Um, the area of the North Wagon Gate and Death Row are both rumored to be the home of spirits, as cell doors are known to swing open and closed on their own. Mm-hmm. And there are various reports of voices in the areas. Have a picture of the wagon gate. Okay. So go to the picture that says wagon gate. <laughs> oh. That's pretty, huh? It is pretty. Wait, is that where the gallows is? Yes, that is. Okay. So that's the wagon gate. Oh my gosh. We can walk through there. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're yeah, going, I'm gonna you're do going it. wherever I tell you to go. Yes, ma'am. You're not going to make me go by myself. Wapow. Wapow. You can't make me go by myself. I'm not going to make you go by yourself, okay. but you may have to hold my hand. Okay. To fine. drag me through. <laughs> I want to hold your <laughs> Okay, let me stop. I'm not boozed up enough for that. I mean, I could go okay. all hootie and the blowfish, but I can't. No. It's fine. We're not going to. Yeah. We'll just nip that in the bud. Mm-hmm. Right inside the main entry, visitors have reported cold gusts brush past them. I'm okay with that. The circular cage door will move on its own and turn without anyone operating the door. Mm. Many visitors will claim that they feel eyes on them, being watched as if they are not trusted. I get it. Orville Paul Adkins' spirit is often seen at the place where he was hung. Oh, he was actually executed twice on March 21st, what? 1933. What? I'm going to explain. Okay. When kidnapper Adkins was about to be hanged, the hatch accidentally opened before the noose was around his neck. He fell down head first and was mortally injured. Oh my God. After that, they took him up there and hung him anyway because the people weren't down there yet. So the oh people that wanted to gosh. view it. So after he died... They carried his body up there and then hung him. Oh, my gosh. And people didn't know that because you couldn't see what was going on up top. I'd haunt that motherfucker, too. Oh. Yeah. Also, the chapel, the shower rooms, and the electric chair old Sparky are referred to as being ghostly hotspots. Even the chapel? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's bad. There's lots of haunted churches. I know, but that's bad. That's a strong one right there. Mm-hmm. People often hear footsteps and whispers here, and they have the eerie feeling of being watched. Some even claim they were followed. There were reports of people being grabbed by the arm there, even though they were alone. Oh, my God. The heavy iron revolving door sometimes turns by itself like a new inmate is being brought in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Give me, like, the little neck chills. So, ah, this part may or may not surprise you. This is your treat. Ah! 
The property of the penitentiary was actually once occupied by the Native American burial grounds of the Adena tribe. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Pet cemetery. Yeah. Here we come. The land was purchased for $50,000, and upon groundbreaking of this humongous structure, the burial mounds were excavated and displaced. What? They opened the mounds and no. took the bodies out. No. There is only one burial mound that was left untouched across the street from the prison and is still recognized and protected to this day. <laughs> There's still one left, Bob. Oh, Frank, just just leave it. We, we don't need that. It's all it's the way fine. across the street. It's all Nobody the way across know. the street. <laughs> We're not building over there. <laughs> So that may be where the demon came from. Maybe. <gasps> oh, maybe he knows who it is. It was Frank. <laughs> it is the Grave Creek Mound Archaeological. Archaeological. I said that right. Yeah, you did. Complex. Which is the largest of the Adena burial mounds and the only mound remaining in the town of Moundsville. Don't doubt yourself. You nailed it. I have a picture. Okay. Of the Grave Creek Mound. Oh, shit. It says Grave Creek Mound. Oh. Oh, God. That's a mound of dead bodies in there. Oh! Dead bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And just, okay, I want you to think about how many bodies might possibly be in there. That's a lot. And think about how many did they? A couple hundred, wasn't it? Hold on. It doesn't tell how many. I thought it did. No, it doesn't tell how many they, um, I didn't write down how many they destroyed. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my God. After the excavation, it was discovered that these mounds had been in existence since approximately 200 BC. Holy shit. So that's an ancient demon probably in the prison. I'm going to. Yep. That's yep. probably why it just didn't fare very well from the get go. Yeah. They, they were screwed. Yeah. They had no chance. So mm. currently the side of the prison is maintained as a tourist attraction, training facility and filming location. Okay. The mounds, See, it's a filming location. It's not The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's what it's in. <laughs> the Moundsville Economic Development Council obtained a 25-year lease on the complex. The, the facility is used for training law enforcement and corrections practitioners with regular mock riot drills. Tours, okay. Yeah. So it, that's, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, this ghost might like that and <laughs> decide to join in. Well, then they'll get some real training. <laughs> <laughs> some real good practice. Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Tours are available for visitors wishing to see the prison. The Elizabethtown Festival is held every May to celebrate and remember historic Moundsville. Oh. A haunted attraction called the Dungeon of Horrors is also set up for the Halloween season. Okay. Paranormal groups and enthusiast travel guides consider Moundsville Prison to be one of the most haunted prisons in the United States. Perfect. Yeah. So, I'm going to tell you uh, what all it's been in. Okay. 
Moundsville native Davis Grubb has written a couple of novels with Moundsville as the setting. Fool's Parade, also known as Dynamite Man from Glory Jail. Okay. (laughs) And The Night of the Hunter. The penitentiary was featured as a significant part of each plot. These works by Grubb have been adapted as major motion pictures. The Night of the Hunter was adapted into a film by Charles Lawton and James Aggie in 1955. It stars Robert Mitchum and Shelley Winters. Fool's Parade, starring James Stewart, Kurt Russell, and George Kennedy, was adapted into a film in 1971. Oh my gosh. The prison scenes in the 2013 film Out of the Furnace were filmed on site at the penitentiary. The prison was the site for MTV's paranormal reality television series Fear. I remember that. It was season one, episode one. Okay. The Hulu original series Castle Rock, based oh, on crap. Stephen King's work, was filmed here. In the series, the penitentiary stands in as Shawshank State Prison. Oh. External shots of the penitentiary were used for Season 1, Episode 9 on the Netflix original series Mindhunter. Hey! <laughs> West Virginia State Penitentiary and the town's history were featured as one of the haunted locations on the paranormal TV series Most Terrifying Places in America in the episode titled Cursed Towns, which aired on the Travel Channel in 2018. I like that show, too. The prison and its history was featured on an episode of Mysteries of the Abandoned during the TV series fifth season, which aired on the Science Channel on November 14th, 2019. Okay. And lastly, the prison appears in the 2018 video game Fallout 76, where it is known as the Eastern Regional Penitentiary. So the big question is, (laughs) would you dare to go in? Fuck yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes, bitch. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) In May, right? <laughs> We're going to go to the festival. Whenevs. We're making a West Virginia State tour. It's going on the list. Yeah. Or so we that, could just wait till Halloween so we could go to all the haunted all the ones, spookies. too. Happy birthday to me. Yeah. Lucky. Well, mine's a week later. <laughs> it's fine. Happy birthday to us. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. That's that was story. so good. Thank you. Ma'am. See why I was so excited? Yes. It was so great. Yes. That was amazing. Huge thank you to Allison. You are awesome. Girl. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Big high five. Air high five. <laughs> Yo, when, when, when I had COVID and Ashton couldn't come in the bedroom with me. Aww. And he would stand at the doorway because we figured, eh, that's about six feet, you know. So he'd stand yeah. at the doorway to talk to me. And uh, he'd say, Mama, I want to give you a hug. So Stephen said, give Mom an air hug. So Ashton would stand across the room and he'd do like this. Oh, my gosh. It was the cutest thing. <laughs> they couldn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a good thing because it's not cute. <laughs> it's not cute. It looks like she's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't like even some, know how to describe some it. Some weird dance. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute though. <laughs> we have fun here. Totally. All the time. Totally. My turn. Yeah. All right. I'm going to eat some bologna now. So mine is um a little different. But I heard about this one, I don't know, like 
a year ago. And I was like, that is some cool shit right there. So, here we go. And then we started a podcast. And then we started a podcast. So, I was like, okay. Uh, I had this one tucked away. Yeah, she told me from day one, I don't know anything about this. I just spit a little bit. That's okay. Excuse me. (laughs) I don't know anything about this prison, but she's been talking, like, telling me about it since day one. When we do prisons, I'm going to do this one. Yep. So, I'm ready. I'm excited. My main feature is the Montgomery County Jail in Crawfordsville, Indiana. Woo! Yeah. There was a point in history when people were still trying to perfect the perfect cell to contain the nastiest of creatures, man. Mm-hmm. This quest for the perfect jail led to some odd and often inhumane forms of incarceration, some of which are still alive. Um, Brittany pretty much read all the history of that. <laughs> So, <laughs> I didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, thank you. Yeah. One perfect example is the Rotary Jail. There were 18 of these babies all in the Midwest, said Brittany Turpin, Executive Director of the Mount Montgomery County Cultural Foundation. Ha, ha, ha. That is a lot of syllables. Of the 18 remaining, three still stand. Three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Indiana's Rotary Jail Museum in Crawfordsville. Another popular one is the Squirrel Cage. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A. the Potawatomi Jailhouse. In- that is fun. Potawatomi. I know. In that? like Potawatomi. <laughs> I was like, Potawatomi. Ooh, that's a fun one. <laughs> I like it. In Council Bluffs, Iowa. It isn't functioning anymore, but it still gets all sorts of visitors. I bet it does. Then there's the Davies County Rotary Jail in Gallatin, Missouri. I'm probably saying that wrong, but I'm I think from, you I'm from it. Louisiana. Just, I think you nailed it. Unfortunately, it doesn't work either. But they're survivors because the other I'm 15. A <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> I ain't gonna stop. I don't even like that song. No, not really. <laughs> even when it came out. How come How come that's what popped into my brain, though? It's electric. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's go, so weird. It's just what our brains do. <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> and that, it does that. I don't, I don't know. I all don't right. know. Um, so the other 15 have all been destroyed. I have a photo of the three that are left, though. Oh, they're also pretty. Um, the first one, top left, is the one in Crawfordsville. All right. The second one is the squirrel cage. And then the one on the bottom is the one in Missouri. Why do the top two look like houses and the bottom one looks like a synagogue? Well, that's just the rotary jail part of it. Like, the rest of it is behind there. Mm. And they kind of have, like, it's just so showing that, like, they all have similar designs. They much. look like houses. They're pretty. I know. Um, rotary gels were a, were a unique innovation in penitentiary design and the, um, where the cells were wedge shaped spaces arranged around a central hub. The entire hub could then be spun by a mechanism beneath the cells that was controlled by a hand crank. The cells would spin around so that the door could only be accessed from one opening. This innovation almost caught on in the late 1800s, um, but they only did 18 of them. So, somewhere in between that, 6 to 18 of the spinning gels were built in America. Okay. 
Unfortunately, the almost freakish prisons had the fatal habit of trapping inmates' limbs in between the bars, breaking and crushing them. (laughs) After this started becoming a thing, most of the rotary jails were closed or converted to a more stationary operation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today, the... I see where that'd be a problem. A little bit. Uh, Maybe just send thieves to the rotary jail? So, like, knock off a limb? You know, like in Aladdin, they cut off their hand. I mean, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) It's kind of gruesome, but... The waste of a good building (laughs) is all I'm saying. They could have done so much more with that. Right. The potential. Mm -hmm. It's sad. So today, the only still operating example of the Rotary Jail... so fucked up. Because you're you, and I love you for it. I'm sorry. I'm going to eat my bologna. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. It's okay, I interrupted you a couple times. So, today, the only one still operating is the one in Crawfordsville, Indiana. While the jail no longer holds criminals, the massive gear beneath the cells can still rotate, standing as a strange example of innovation surpassing practicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote that. I sounded all intelligent and shit. <laughs> Designed by E.J. Hodgson... And built by Hinckley and Norris in 1882, the Montgomery County Jail was an unusual experiment in penal engineering. <laughs> you said penal. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I think I'd get a reaction out of that one. <laughs> a cylindrical cage, which rotated around a central axis. Rotate around this central axis. <laughs> Sit and spin, bitch. The Montgomery I'm sorry, County what Jail. Is the oldest of six human squirrel cages, Lazy Susan jails, or rotary jails, whichever you prefer. Uh, they used a rotary system patented by W.H. Brown, S.F. Ha, 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 and John L. Ketchum. <laughs> this sounds like a police name out of a spy novel. <laughs> I was like, these names are great. That's fantastic. Ha! And Ketchum. Ha! <laughs> The rotary system proved dangerous in operation, but it represented, in theory, an attempt to use 19th century engineering methods to solve current social problems. You're red. Are you okay? No. You match your sweater right now. I don't know why, but my brain keeps going, ha, 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 stop. (laughs) So I was trying not to interrupt you again, but the whole time you were reading, my brain was going, ha, 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 ha. Crap. We're walking down the I'm hall so at work. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening. Uh, we're going to be walking down the hall at work, and you know how you get me with sup? I'm going to go, ha! I will die. <laughs> I'll die. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I might even record it. I'll put my phone in my pocket. She won't know. I'm going to get her. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, where was I? In 1882? Okay. In 1882, the idea of employing a circular design in prison architecture was not new. In his exposition on prison reform, the Panopticon. Okay. Sounds like a transformer. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Bentham suggested a circular prison, and in 1971, he designed... No. <laughs> in 79. God! I do that all the time! Okay. 
1791, he designed a circular prison with stationary cells built into an exterior wall. It looked kind of like a coliseum with cubby holes from like top to bottom. In 1800, Benjamin F. Latrobe modified Bentham's idea of a circular prison in the design used for the state prison in Richmond, Virginia. So, I have a picture of the Panopticon. Okay. It's kind of cool. Okay. It's, you know, it's got the guardhouse in the middle. I mean, it kind of looks like the warehouse space from uh, Squid Games to me. I've never seen that. Oh, you got to see it. You would love it. It's so I kind of like that design. I know. I do too. I feel like you could see it. You could see. Yeah, you can. I think it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have a picture of the state prison in Richmond, Virginia. It's an old photo of it, but the design is kind of the same. Oh, yeah. As the the other ones. So, but look at the horse and buggy. Yeah. I know. I was like, that's a what? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I like that photo, so. Okay, so why this insane design? Brown, ha, <laughs> and Ketchum <laughs> <laughs> claimed the object of our invention is to produce a jail or prison in which prisoners can be controlled without the necessity of personal contact between them and the jailer or guard. The prisoners are handled without any possible chance of personal contact with any except the one desired. As the cell structure is rotated until the door opening of the cell desired is brought opposite the general opening in the outside grating. This arrangement makes the whole prison as convenient to the keeper as though it consisted of but a single prisoner. Basically, they only had to worry about one prisoner at a time. Whoever was open at the door... That's mm-hmm. all they had to worry about. Unless they were sticking their hands <laughs> out. Keep your hands inside the carpet. Um, okay, so like I said, it consisted of a giant stationary, stationary outer cylinder or a cage, which was probably bolted to a concrete or flagstone floor and to iron plates in the ceiling. Um, inside the outer cage was a three-story inner cylinder, which rotated around a central core. I'm about to show you pictures. Just hold okay. on. Each floor, girdled by an inner cage, was divided into eight cells, each of which had an opening in the inner cage. When the opening in the inner cage coincided with the single opening in the outer cage, the prisoner gained access to the bullpen area. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I kept that in there because I had to read that (laughs) try to make sense of it. So, y'all are welcome. I do have some blueprints, though. Okay. To show you a little bit of how, like, it would look. Okay. Like, over on the left, that's how it would look if you were looking down at it. And that's, I don't know, pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Um, It kind of makes sense. And you can see over on the right... Why it's three stories, because down below is like, oh, God, we'll get into that part, too. But anyways, it's just really two levels of cells. And then the upper level, either, like, the sheriff would live up there, or at one time that was where solitary confinement and the drunk tank, and um, they would put women up there. Okay. So, that's what that was for. And then I have an aerial view of the jail. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that big area is where the squirrel cage or whatever you want to call it is. 
Okay. So to rotate the inner cylinder, a hand crank transmitted power through pinions and gears to a large ring located beneath the floor of the lower story. One man was able to move the inner cylinder, which was kept in alignment by iron casters beneath the first floor, and the central service core um, collared to the ceiling, which acted as an access axis for the <laughs> cylinder. I'm going to show you pictures of what I just said. <laughs> so this is what it looks like underneath. Okay. And then, like, down below is just kind of a closer picture of what it looks like. But um, over to the right is the door where like that's where they get access and to the right of that door is the hand crank like it's just a bar that Uh you turn like it's nothing special and then there's a picture of like the gears yeah the underneath that you can't see in those other photos okay so that's what that's the stuff i was just talking about it sounds more complicated i know and i was like i you know what i'm just gonna say it and then i'm gonna show them the pictures yeah so each shell was shaped like a piece of pie, and it was constructed of an iron plate and contained a recessed toilet and a water tap. So they did have running water, mm-hmm. kind of. The waste and water systems were connected to the central service core, which acted as the access of the central cylinder. I have a picture of what the cells looked like. It really doesn't give them much space, though, being cut into that pie shape like that. Mm-mm, not at all. There's a little model down below, so you can see exactly, like, that's why it's called yeah. a squirrel cage, because it really kind of does. Yeah. But you can see, like, they even put little dolls in there. I know. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah. So, the cylinder was plated all around and collared above and below the cell floors. It contained the heating vent, which ran to a stove in the basement. Uh, There was an air duct and a waste disposal system. They had um, electric service was added sometime after the initial construction was completed. So, their sewage system. (laughs) Okay, if you go back and you look at the picture of the cell. Okay. There's like a little carved out spot with like a seat looking thing. Mm -hmm. That's their toilet. Okay. And the shower. What? It's a shower, too. Well, that's disgusting. Yeah. So, how they got water was up at the top on the roof, there was a big collection tank Mm -hmm. that collected rainwater. So, that was their water. So, they bathed in cold rainwater. Yes. And um, throughout the week, like, down at the bottom is where all their sewage would collect. It was kind of like a funnel. Like, those... Toilets just opened and it was kind of like a porta potty. Like it just collects down in the bottom. So at the end of the week, somebody would have to go clean it out. And if it didn't rain that week, because they would open up that bucket up at the top and flush out the sewer systems. And if it didn't rain, they had to do it by hand. No, thank you, please. (laughs) I was like... Are you kidding me? Flaws in this design. Oh, so it wasn't. It was running water, but it wasn't really. That was. That's not running water. Well, because I mean, you can't put running water pipes on a rotating system. Like they couldn't figure out a way to do that. So. <laughs> oh, honey, no. That's that's what they did. Oof. It was the 1800s. I don't know what to tell you. 
So, problems soon developed with the rotary system. Nearly all of the jails developed mechanical difficulties with the rotary cylinder. I mean, it does sound kind of complicated. And having all that weight on top of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. A more serious problem was the safety of the inmates who were frequently maimed by the rotating cylinder. Arms and legs caught between the bars might be crushed when the cylinder was rotated. And one prisoner in the Maryville, Missouri jail was killed when his head was crushed between the inner and outer cylinders. What was you doing, son? I guess he was sticking his head out. Oh, gosh. Okay. At one time, the jail could hold 37 inmates. It wasn't used as a prison, so most inmates didn't stay for more than two days. It was a jail. It wasn't a prison. So they only stayed yeah. for a little bit. Okay. Um, back in the 1800s and early 1900s, people would sometimes get arrested on purpose for minor offenses so they could go to the rotary jail. And shovel shit? No, the guards had to do that. They just wanted to go sit in oh, the cells. Oh, good grief. Mm-hmm. Oh, good grief. You have all these prisoners. Why are the guards shoveling shit? Why is anybody shoveling shit? Oh, my God. Figure it out, people. Ugh. Try again. <laughs> um, the reason people wanted to come there is because the inmates here could get three hot meals. They could see a doctor. They could get their clothes washed. They could take a bath. No, you can stand under the rainwater. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, That's a lot of spinning around in one day. Like, think about it. Mm-hmm. If you're a prisoner in there and somebody is getting out or they have yard time or they have to go see the doctor or something. That's a lot of spinning on the around. Toilet? What if you're sitting on the <laughs> toilet? Like you're just spinning around all day long. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it no more. No. So I told you that the drunk tank was up above. Mm-hmm. If they needed to put women in there or whatever, they would have to go. They'd have to put them in the lower level. So that was like the overflow. Mm-hmm. So, drunk people and spinning devices. <laughs> Don't mix very Mm-mm. well. No. Nope. There's a story of a man with a prosthetic leg that lived in the town. And he would actually get arrested on purpose when he needed his leg replaced. Because the jail would pay for it. Oh, my God. He would go in there, get in the cell, and when they would start rotating it, he'd stick his leg out, and it would crush his wooden leg. Did they not figure that out? I mean, I'm sure they did. (laughs) That's why there's a story about it. But, yeah. Some people's kids. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, bruh. (laughs) So, there's several possible explanations for the adoption of the Rotary Jail in the Midwest. With the settlement of the West during the 1870s and 1880s, uh, many Midwest towns were flooded with transients mm. and experienced a sharp increase in crime. Duh. When the old jails proved inadequate, new ones had to be built. So uh, one guy that wrote this article that was included, he said, maybe the mechanical ingenuity which created the rotary jail is but part of of that same skill, which had constructed the man of war, the monitor. I don't know. Um, he said, but with its basically like the, it's just an accident waiting to happen. Pretty much. Yeah. Like it's a fancy way of saying that. 
So in the case of the Montgomery County Jail, he points out two factors which were probably important in the county's adoption of an untried piece of technology. Um, the Crawfordsville desperately needed a new jail, and it was near the fabricating shops of the patentees in Indianapolis. The big, bustling metropolis of Indianapolis. Right. Um, so in the 1930s, the Montgomery County Fire Marshals registered a formal complaint about the fire hazard posed by the design of the jail. Think about it. <laughs> you, you can't get you out. You get out. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay. Um, plus, like, they only had two guards. So it saved them money because they didn't need a lot mm -hmm. of people. You only had to, main, like, watch one door. Yeah. How hard is that? So if one, something happened to one of those guards, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. You're so screwed. As a result of a grand jury investigation and the reports of the fire marshals in 1938, the rotary cylinder was welded to the stationary iron cylinder. Doors were cut from each cell and a catwalk around the second tier was added. And that's how it remains today. After nearly 40 years of repeated warnings by fire marshals, the jail was condemned in May 1973. Like the other five rotary jails built in the Midwest, the Montgomery County Jail proved to be extremely hazardous to its inmates and therefore must be considered a failure as an experiment in penal architecture. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it does represent, however, a valid attempt to provide an engineering solution to the problem of incarceration. So, is it haunted? Yes, it yeah. is. There's a story of a man na not named Brady. I can't with you. And it goes like this. Oh, my God. I cannot with you. <laughs> Shut up. It was late. <laughs> In January of 1885, the beaten and burned bodies of James and Elizabeth McMullen were found in their home near Elmdale, Indiana, Montgomery County. John Coffey, 23 years old, was arrested for their murders. He confessed <laughs> three separate times, went to trial, and was found guilty. Coffey was sentenced to death by hanging. Okay. You want to see a picture of him? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the only one I found. Why does the name John Coffey sound familiar? Your name is John Coffey. Yes, sir, boss. Like the drink. Only not spelled the same. Does that sound familiar? I mean, it did to me because I've heard this before, but hmm. not before I heard it. <laughs> hmm. Maybe you've heard it and you don't know it. This was the first public execution for Crawfordsville, Indiana. A scaffold was constructed and tested several times with a 150-pound sandbag. About 200 people purchased tickets to witness the hanging Shut in the jail's the courtyard. Up. Yep. And actually, you, the courtyard's not there anymore, but you could see it from, I think, the solitary confinement window. Oh, my God. You could see the gallows. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. That's <laughs> um, on October 15th, 1885, Coffee's hanging and a horrific scene took place. It took three attempts to hang him. Oh my gosh. The rope broke the first two times. Oh my gosh. An article in the New York Times on October 17th, 1885 describes the event. It's pretty graphic. 
Oh, my gosh. When the drop fell, the rope broke and the body dropped to the ground. The neck was not broken, but blood oozed from the condemned man's ears. Oh, my gosh. He was carried up on the scaffold, and while the rope was being readjusted, he recovered consciousness and begged to have the cap taken off that he might make another speech. This request was refused. When the drop again fell, the rope broke a second time, but the body was caught before it fell to the ground. It was lifted up and held in the arms of the deputy sheriff while the oh rope was fixed for the third time. Oh, my gosh. When the drop fell again, the rope held and coffee strangled to death for 12 minutes. Oh, my gosh. The spectacle was sickening. The hanging was an embarrassment for Montgomery County. Prisoners in the jail pleaded to have the scaffold torn down as they could see the threatening mechanism through the jail windows. Yep. Mm. Um, The people of Crawfordsville would be haunted both figuratively and literally by the ghost of John Coffey. Shortly after the execution, people began to see the the ghost of John Coffey. Firstly, his ghost was seen near Elmdale, location of the murder, prowling around. One night, the ghost of John Coffey stopped a farmer as he needed a ride. He rode with the farmer about three miles until he reached the ruins of the McMullen household. Mm -hmm. The ghost hopped out and bounded away with the speed of a jackrabbit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Apparently, the ghost of John Coffey likes taking rides because he reportedly hopped on a train, too. As the story goes, a train conductor named Dick Tracy. Shut the fuck up right now. (laughs) I'm not fucking kidding you. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, So Dick Tracy saw the ghost of coffee with a noose around his bloody neck. Tracy and a brakeman were in the caboose just leaving Crawfordsville. Coffee jumped out of the front end and Tracy quickly locked the car's door. Coffee then jumped on top of the roof and came through the cupola. Finally, taking a seat on the train. He rode the train for about 30 miles while Tracy and the brakeman watched in fear. (laughs) He eventually jumped off the train and quickly disappeared. That's interesting. Tracy decided that was his last ride. (laughs) (laughs) People still believe John Coffey haunts the Rotary Jail as every October the museum's security systems indicate movement inside the jail and house at night. Allegedly, the sheriff who decided not to pursue other accomplices in the coffee case haunts the building as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, in October, they have a haunted tour. Nice. Like, there, there's actually a haunted house in That's the fantastic. jail. Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a jail in DeRitter that does that, and that's close. Oh, that's, that's way closer. Hours away. I'll do some research. Okay. Yep. The that's end. so cool. Good job. Thank you. The squirrel cages. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting because I'd never, I'd never seen that before. So I like talking I'll, about that forever. See, that's why it stuck with me. I was mm-hmm. like, they did some what? Yeah, that was cray. I love it. Good job. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. All right, hit me with your segment, baby. All right, let's see. I'll say what I got here. What happened on Groundhog Day? Another cold read. <laughs> All right. So this happened on February 2nd in 1922. Mm. Film director William Desmond Taylor was found dead in his bungalow in Los Angeles. 
Why did that sound cheery? That was wrong. It did sound cheery. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. down. (laughs) My bad. He was originally thought to have died of natural causes, but when the body was rolled over, a single bullet wound was found in his back. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. (laughs) Cash and valuables were found on Taylor's person, ruling out robbery as a motive. Uh Uh-huh. More than a dozen suspects emerged, including Taylor's valet, his former valet, a studio executive, and several actresses. Oh. Police were never able to make a case against any of the suspects. Poor case management led to the loss of much of the physical evidence. Yeah. Newspapers of the day featured sensationalized stories and rampant speculation about the identity of the killer and the motive for Taylor's murder. The murder occurred less than six months after the Fatty Arbuckle scandal and helped shape the public's view of Hollywood as a hotbed of decadence. In 1999... (laughs) A hotbed of decadence. (laughs) That was a pretty good word. Yeah, I like it. In 1999, it was revealed that Margaret Gibson, an actress who had worked with Taylor, had confessed on her deathbed in 1964 to having killed Taylor. Oh. The confession has never been confirmed. (sighs) That's well, it just great. got confirmed right there. So, yeah, I, I take deathbed confessions. Yeah, confirmation. Those were legit. Uh huh. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Real quick, Amanda's having surgery tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm giving her a tiny present. Oh, <gasps> shut up! It's so corny because I kind of get a tiny present out of it too. Okay. But I'll let the you pick. Pants is killing me. I'll let you pick which one you want. Oh shit! It came from okay. Target. Oh, I love it. <gasps> oh, <laughs> look how cute! It, you it, guys, it's best friend socks. <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture before I open it up. It's two pairs of socks, and one is a donut, and one is a coffee mug, and one says best, and one says friend. <laughs> oh my god! It's so cute. So now you have cozy socks to wear. I'm totally wearing these to the surgery in the morning. Oh, my God. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll take the donut since you're the coffee person of the relationship. I assumed that's how that was going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Aww. I have such a good friend. I have my days. <laughs> okay, I took the photo. Okay. So now everybody can see what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, I'm done. I'm done too. I don't have anything else. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.